0: The information contained in this podcast is an expression of opinion and does not constitute investment advice. This is the Gold Money Podcast with Dominic Frisby, keeping you up to date with expert opinion on precious metals and the markets. Hello and welcome to the Gold Money Podcast, hosted in association with Frisbees, Bulls and Bears, with me, Dominic Frisbee. It is the 4th of January, and I'm talking today to Tom Winifrith. Now, Tom is a very interesting guy. He's a writer and an entrepreneur. He was the founder of tips.com or t1ps.com and is now keen to stress that he has nothing to do with that company. He's the owner of The Real Man Pizza Company... Uh, He's thinking about fresh challenges ahead and he's currently writing an excellent blog uh, and a column at ADVFN where he also has a share tipping newsletter. Tom is nothing if not energetic and prolific. Letters from the Chestnut Cafe is his latest book. It's based on his blog writing in the summer and autumn of 2012 when he produced over 400,000 words at the rate of up to nine articles a day. And uh, Letters from the Chestnut Cafe is an anthology of the best bits. There's content covering finance, West Ham football clubs, celebrities, cooking, TV, film, philosophy, politics, cats and Greece and Albania, where Tom spent most of his summer. Tom, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be talking to you. Uh, it's, it's long overdue that we're speaking, I must say. Um, why don't we start off? We had, a, we had a big correction in gold further to the uh, announcements from the Federal Reserve yesterday. Why don't we um, start off by talking about gold? You've got a book about gold coming out um, very soon, I believe. What, what's your opinion on gold at the moment? Are we in a bear market? Are we stuck in a range between 1530 and 1800? What, what,
1: what, what's your take on gold? I think, uh, Dominic, uh, uh, I'd start with by taking this long-term perspective. Let's go back to 1971 when uh, I was three and you were no doubt sort of minus uh, something. No, I was actually two. You were two? Oh, we're the same age, <laughs> roughly. Uh, back in 1971, of course, we came off the gold standard. And at that stage, uh, gold was priced at $35 an ounce, which was £14 an ounce. Uh, and uh, we all know what it is today. Over the long run, uh, gold has been a phenomenal investment compared to the paper currencies. You know, my dad thinks he's a property genius because uh, uh, by buying and selling a house every sort of 10 years since 1971, uh, he suddenly was discovered that you know, he, he is a sort of property tycoon. Of course, uh, he, he's actually pretty clueless on that. He's just surfed the wave of inflation, uh, the destruction in the value of the paper currencies. And I think what we have seen uh, over the past few years uh, is an acceleration of that process. Uh, And there may be a temporary pullback now because people feel, OK, America is not falling off a fiscal cliff. Uh, They may slow the uh, rate at which they print money. Um, But the fundamental reasons why uh, uh, gold is going up, uh, that our governments across the West uh, uh, run vast deficits. Uh, uh, which can only be handled uh, by a, a destruction, uh, the denuding of the real value of their currency and therefore the real value of their debts, uh, continues unabated. Uh, I, I think, you know, there's a very good piece by Ron Paul, of whom I'm a great admirer, saying, what's this about how we've not fallen off the fiscal cliff? We fell off it a long time ago. Uh, America is uh, heading for the stage. Well, I think in two or three years' time, uh, their debt to GDP ratio will be pretty much where Greece was a couple of years ago, just before the crisis struck. Uh, uh, these things are just sort of completely unsustainable, um, and uh, I-, I-, I think you know that is the pattern going forward. So I remain a long-term bull of gold. Very good. Uh, I don't really, I don't really, I don't really care what happens on a sort of one-month or a two- or three-month view. Long-term. Do you, would you, Dominic, would you rather have your money in gold or in take your pick, any paper currency? I mean, you know, if the policies which the West was was following were successful, then, uh, you know, since Zimbabwe pioneered them, Zimbabwe would be in the G7 by now. I rest my case. <laughs> um, one of the words you used there was uh, unsustainable. That's a word we hear
0: a lot. These policies are unsustainable. But uh, if there's one thing I've learned is that the can can be kicked down the road for a lot longer than people realise. And, you know, there's a lot of people who operate from the Austrian School of Economics who've rightly pointed out a lot of these flaws, but then as soon as you kind of pin them down on timing, they say, ah, well, we Austrians are never very good at timing. How long can the can be kicked down the road for? How long can we extend and pretend?
1: It's a very good question, Dominic. I mean, I think you see increasingly desperate measures um, as you find that the road is narrowing and there is a cul-de-sac ahead, uh, people taking uh, uh, increasing gambles. I think, you know, we saw uh, there was a good piece on Zero Hedge a couple of days ago talking about how the only way the Spanish government is able to issue bonds is by getting the pension funds of all Spanish state employees by them. there is no other buyer of bonds in the market. Uh, and you now have a thing where uh, 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 the uh, uh, pension fund of Spanish state employees is almost entirely invested in Spanish government debt, uh, which can never be repaid. And I suspect where the government won't be able to afford to services at some stage. Um, now, that is an increasingly desperate measure, and you see that sort of thing as you get towards end game. Uh, at the moment, <coughs> people uh, uh, appear to be happy to buy US government debt or UK government debt because they say, ah, oh, but these people are too big to fail. Uh, it's all very well saying that America may have a Greek-style GDP uh, a debt-to-GDP ratio in a couple of years. But, you know, Greece is a tin pot little country where the politicians are all crooks and it's too small. It doesn't really matter. Uh, America is too big to fail. Well, no, um, it's not. Um, All great empires in the end go the same way. Uh, People might have said that Rome was too big to fail. Uh, But if you look at what happened to the value of the uh, silver denarii between the time of Julius Caesar and uh, uh, 200 AD... Uh, it lost 95% of its value or 99% of its value before it was eventually scrapped. And that was simply because uh, they made more and more of them with less and less silver content. In the end, uh, there can only be one result. I'm not going to say that it's going to be 2018 or um, 20, uh, 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 you know, 20 or 2022 uh, when we reach endgame, but we have to at some stage.
0: Yeah, that. Um, excuse me, my dog's barking in the background. Um, <laughs>
1: he obviously Come doesn't we. like what
0: you're saying. He's a, <laughs> a fan he can, of Greece.
1: <laughs> through the radio, he can smell the fact that I'm a cat owner. Maybe that's the problem.
0: <laughs> the um, one of the things you said there, the, the, it took two or uh, two or three hundred years for the uh, denarius to lose its value. I mean, that's what ten generations. It's a long yeah. time.
1: It did, um, but, you know, uh, 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 the world progresses. We get a, a lot more efficient at the way we kill each other. We get a lot more efficient at <laughs> the way we kill our economies. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's 200 years for the silver denarii to lose 99% of its value. We came off the gold standard 41 years ago. Since then, sterling has lost 99% of its value against gold. Uh, the dollar's done marginally better, it's only lost 98.3% of its value against gold. Uh, so we've managed in 41 years uh, to do what the Romans uh, uh, took uh, 200 years to do. Very That's good. progress for you, Dominic.
0: <laughs> it's very good. It's, it's good to see we're, we're refining our
1: skills. By the way, um... Dominic, I, I, from, the question would be, how long will it take us to lose another 99% of our, our, our value against gold? I think you wrote a piece, uh, will gold hit $10,000? Yes, gold will hit $10,000 uh, for the same reason that it's gone from $35 to just under $1,700. Uh, so it is a matter of when. Will it take us 41 years? No, it won't. Um, uh, uh, I think, you know, we're, we're getting a lot better at it. The world is progressing. We're a lot cleverer. Uh, we have smarter leaders like Obama uh, um, and Gordon Brown David Cameron. They're a lot smarter than we were in the, good, in the bad old days. So it's probably only taking 20 years.
0: Very good. Tom, just hang on one second. I'm going to go and hush the dog up. I think there must be a police car. He howls at police cars, and I think that's that, he's very wise in that regard. So I think that's why he's... I believe
1: in the police states. Don't worry. <laughs> just one
0: second. Right. Here I am. I'm back um tom you right uh you you tip a lot of shares and uh, you don't tip them always to go up you tip them to fall as well and we had um a long conversation on the phone about a month ago in which you outlined um why a lot of shares particularly on aim are going to really struggle uh, in the coming year or three not that they as if they haven't been struggling for the last year or two um what's your current view on the stock market at the moment. Which sectors do you like? Which sectors don't you like? And uh, from there, we're going to talk about gold stocks in particular.
1: Uh, The stock market is a fascinating place because at one level, uh, uh, we've had a tremendous sort of rally over the past few weeks. Uh, And there are people whose views I respect, uh, like Ambrose Evans-Pritchard, talking about how 2013 could be a year where stocks and gold, of course, race ahead. And they would do that because uh, uh, the governments across the world um, are pumping money uh, into the system. They're creating fresh money. Uh, and therefore, you will see a nominal increase uh, in the value of assets like stocks and gold. Um, and, and, and I do have some sympathy with that view, and that would be the reason to be bullish. Um, but on the other hand... Uh, 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 you then say well okay the the FTSE is trading on a p of whatever at the moment, uh, and individual stocks uh, uh, you see a range of individual stocks in large caps as well as as, as mid caps and they 're trading on uh, mid high teens pes now if if they race ahead, uh, uh, you say, Well, is that justified by fundamentals um, and uh, uh, i, I can 't see that it really is because uh, the U.K. economy and the U.S. economy might grow by 1% this year. Um, I very much doubt the U.K. economy will grow by 1%, by the way. Uh, I think it will do, do well to, to, to grow at all. Uh, America might grow by a little bit, um, but there are very good reasons why there will be no real growth in, in, in the economies of, of, of Britain and America. Given that, uh, why on earth would you expect corporate earnings to grow by 15 or 20%? Uh, If you are a Unilever or a company like that, you're selling household goods. Consumers have got no money. They've got too much debt. They are reluctant to spend. We saw that over Christmas. I think it's a pretty ingrained pattern now. So it's very hard to push through price increases. And it's very hard to deliver volume increases. So it's very hard for these companies to deliver much profits growth, particularly in the West where we have an ingrained culture where Everybody demands and expects to get a pay rise each year, whether they have been more productive or not. Uh, and therefore, uh, there are very good reasons why profits won't increase by very much for these companies. So uh, in terms of fundamental valuations, I would have big concerns. And indeed, you know, it gets worse because there are a lot of these stocks here who are on 15, 20, 25 times earnings. Some of the new media stocks on 150 times earnings. Well, If the economy is is relatively weak, um, these companies are going to have profits warnings. And when you have a profits warning and your stock is on a high rating, your stock gets an almighty spanking. Um, And therefore, uh, I think it's very... In one way, I can see what Ambrose and other people are saying, but on the other hand, I can see reasons for caution. Um, And uh, so I'm sort of in two minds about it. I can see that there are stocks out there which offer great value. You can buy stocks uh, with a significant asset backing and which, for various reasons, do have some visibility of earnings. Um, But there are an awful lot of stocks which don't fit that bill uh, and uh, I would be nervous about owning them. Yeah, uh, I suppose the net result will
0: be volatility and trading within a range for the broader indices.
1: Uh, yes, I suspect it will be volatile time. I mean, again, I, I mean, I, I try to look at sort of long term investments, so I'm not sort of too concerned about the shorter moves. But I think it, it is going to be uh, 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 a market where you'll see a distinct divergence between certain, uh, between some stocks. Some stocks are fundamentally cheap; they do have earnings visibility, um, and I think you know you can make some gains. But I think as a bear uh, on the short tack, there will also be some spectacular opportunities um and uh you know there are companies out there in the new media world whose business models don't work and yet they're on ludicrous uh, valuations and there are also quite a lot of highly rated stocks uh, uh where uh you have a, a, um a, a great potential for downside i mean the rally in the in recent weeks uh, uh, and the one little uh, area which i look at which are Chinese stocks listed on Nasdaq, has been quite amazing. You have companies here um, uh, like Solar and Solar, uh, which if you look at their balance sheet, uh, they haven't got any money. Uh, They've got stacks of debt. Uh, They don't really have any asset backing. Uh, In in some cases, they have uh, negative net assets and they're losing money and they're burning cash. So I would have thought... Uh, that you know the fundamental valuation of this, if you assume that a stock is worth the net present value of future discounted cash flows, is somewhere along the lines of nil. Uh, yet the shares have raced ahead in recent weeks um, because there's an idea that you may get mergers within the sector. Well, if one company which is fundamentally bust merges with another company that's fundamentally bust, I would suggest that naught plus naught equals naught. It doesn't make an, a, a, a much difference to the intrinsic value. And the fundamentals for these stocks remain as abject as ever. Nothing has changed. Uh, uh, I just think you know there have been some bears who have been caught short uh, 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 and have, uh, have been squeezed. Um, but the, the markets don't quite sort of stack up to me at the moment.
0: Okay. Um, we have to be careful about mentioning specific uh, companies. I think in the uh, case that you just have, uh, we'll be all right. Um, But um, the the powers that be uh, don't like us to uh, be too specific. Now, the model that you've just described could very much apply to gold companies, gold exploration companies, gold development companies who are not yet producing cash. Um, There's a strong argument to say they're actually uh, a liability not uh, not an asset. What's your view on, on that sector, the pre-production gold companies?
1: I, I mean, it is a very dangerous sector to be short of because the sh- shares across the sector have taken an almighty beating. Uh, and if sentiment turns, you know, we, we've seen this with uh, the Chinese solar stocks, uh, it could equally be the same way that uh, as gold moves ahead sharply, sentiment turns You get a few bids for mid-caps and the odd mid-cap buys the odd uh, junior and suddenly, whoosh, the shares go higher. However, having said that, uh, uh, on AIM, my analysis is that about half of the mining companies have less than a year's cash burn to go. Um, That is to say, unless they raise money, in the next year they are bust. Uh, And uh, uh, from what I can see, uh, over in Toronto, it's a pretty similar pattern. I think that investors uh, are increasingly cognizant of the fact that uh, uh, the management of many of these companies have, quite frankly, taken the piss. They have run them as lifestyle enterprises. Uh, we see uh, what what they pay themselves. What we don't see is uh, what they put through on expenses. I think this is something that AIM has to, get to, to come to terms with. Um, is uh, uh, the level of expenses of some of these CEOs. They are funding a lifestyle. They fly off to Indaba. They stay in five-star hotels. Uh, they go and uh, uh, get a company credit card out as they go for uh, fantastic meals and then off to the strip bars. Uh, and shareholders are paying for this and they've paid for it. Uh, the amount, uh, 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 the return that shareholders have got Forget about the share price, because the share price can be driven by sentiment. But in terms of uh, uh, net new commercial discoveries by gold juniors over the past two or three years, uh, the record is diabolical. Uh, It has been a very bad place to put your money. Uh, And I think in some cases I will put this down to bad luck. I'm a charitable sort. Uh, that you, you think you have exciting acreage. It's not it's just around the corner from somewhere where somebody found something great or an existing mine, but it doesn't quite work out. I'll put some of it down to bad luck. But in many cases, it, uh, what has happened here is frankly just a con on investors. Um, a crummy old asset, which produced some grades uh, back in the 1970s for uh, Anglo-American, uh, is recycled. Um, a promoter uh, goes and raises some money uh, the gold price goes up, people get enthusiastic, it's, hum- it's pumped and it's hyped, and they raise more money. But this asset you know, would never be economic unless gold uh, suddenly goes to $5,000 an ounce and all costs remain the same. Um, but uh, in the enthusiasm of a bull market, people have quite deliberately floated assets which will never go into production uh, in your lifetime or mine, Dominic. Um, And they use it to fund their lifestyle. Uh, And there is a whole industry uh, uh, around this of uh, uh, executives, -executives, non-executives, nomads, brokers, PRs, etc., etc., etc. And investors have lost out badly. Now, I do question whether uh, 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 investors will stump up over the next 12 months for some of these enterprises. Uh, The very reason that central banks are printing money, that the governments are running huge deficits, that they all want inflation, is because consumers uh, and corporates and investors are sitting on their cash or trying to repay debt. And for that reason, I think investors are going to be very uh, uh, reluctant uh, to chuck speculative money at companies which have no proven assets uh, and have a proven liability in a management team uh, who uh, enjoys a great lifestyle. Uh, so I think there could be an issue here uh, with these companies uh, going bust. Of course, the way that the stock market always operates is that they won't go bust. They will um, uh, get down to their last few hundred thousands and then they'll be turned into a cash shell and they'll be reinvented um, and uh, they'll become an investment vehicle or they'll become, uh, have uh, some daft new media startup from just down the road where I am in Clerkenwell or Shoreditch injected into them and the whole merry-go-round will start all over again. Uh, but I think there is very, very good reason to, to say that for the mining juniors, uh, this could be a, a bleak 12 months. I, I would go one that one such further and say the same applies to oil as well. Uh, uh, it has been remarkable uh, that uh, uh, we have been asked to believe over the past year, that there have been uh, uh, dozens of companies listed on AIM who are drilling prospects, and we're told there's a 15 20% chance of success and you should risk weight them accordingly. Well, actually, when the drill bit has gone into the ground, uh, we found about one in 20 of these things finding professional cross, uh, commercial prospects. Well, that to me tells you the chance of success wasn't 20%, it was 5%. Uh, and therefore, these stocks were uh, uh, four times overvalued. Uh, and the fact that they've all come down by 75% implies the market is waking up to that now. But but oil, like mining, is capital intensive. Uh, uh, and once you've failed, uh, uh, and shareholders have taken a, a 75% spanking, uh, it becomes that much harder to raise money to keep the show on the road.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the problems, I suppose, that gold mining faces is that I mean, in a way, it needs to go, I mean, it's already going through it, but it needs, the purge that you've described uh, needs to go on further so that only, you know, the legitimate companies survive, or at least the majority of companies that survive are legitimate. You know, the bad ones need to go. Uh, it, which it kind of suggests to me that in even in the environment of a rising gold price, it, w- Th- this, th- this, there's more to go, there's more bear market to come in the miners?
1: Oh, I, I'm, well, the main, I think it's going to be selective. I mean, if there is, a, 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 there will be a rising gold price. Um, and, and genuine producers
0: will do well. Gen- genuine
1: producers will do well. And also those, and those prospect
0: generators, you know, genuine exploration companies that have, built, that have sh- shaped themselves in such a way that they can survive a bear market.
1: Correct. Uh, So maybe you're looking at a two-tier set sector. It's going to be the smaller plays, of which there are too many, uh, which will have to reinvent reinvent themselves as daft new media startups for our reverse takeover. Maybe that is the case. I mean, that would be a a welcome winnowing out of of the ranks of companies on aim. The question, though, is I kind of think we've sort of all seen it before. Uh, We've seen uh, the way that uh, the, the, the quoted markets in this country in America, are designed to create uh, uh, enterprises which will never create value for shareholders. Uh, And whether it is uh, uh, the mining sector now or the biotech sector on the USN, the the unlisted securities market, uh, the precursor of AIM, uh, you see the same patterns uh, happening again and again. There is a whole industry (coughs) uh, which is... Uh, uh, designed to raise money for companies uh, and list, uh, list them uh, and the industry is all about raising money, it's about the promote, it's not about creating uh, returns for investors uh, it supports a, a class of uh, serial director uh, and it supports a lot of uh, uh, advisors etc in the city, uh, does it create any real wealth for people? I'm not so sure, uh, I feel rather jaded on this I think there is a, 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 it's very interesting that when you speak to people like uh, Nigel Ray, uh, who will, like yourself and myself, be uh, speaking at UK Investor Show on April 13th, Nigel has been a, a stock market operator for uh, a long time, probably longer than uh, you and I have been alive, Dominic. But uh, increasingly, uh, uh, Nigel makes his investments in private companies uh, because uh, he just argues that. Uh, uh, AIM, the costs of getting a listing, uh, uh, the costs of supporting a listing, the fact that uh, if you're a CEO of an AIM company, uh, you benchmark your pay to other CEOs on AIM companies. This is especially true in the mining sector. And therefore, you're paid a telephone number, however rubbish you are at your job, um, and then we have the great expenses fiddle, etc. means that it's very, very hard for shareholders to get a return. Um, By the time you've taken away all of these costs associated with being a PLC, uh, you know, it's a material amount. I mean, if you raise, let us say, £2 million to float an AIM-listed enterprise, by the time you've done the float and the fundraise, you've kissed goodbye to 500000 The costs of running that company on AIM... Uh, 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 by the time you've paid AIM-style uh, boardroom wages, advisor's fees, uh, the board have taken the piss on expenses. Uh, you've probably got, even before the company's actually done anything, uh, before it, it's, it's done anything at all to create value, uh, it will be incurring three-quarters of a million costs a year. So in two years, you're out of money. Um, so what on earth would you invest in that? All you're doing is you're investing to create a way of channeling money to other people. Uh, isn't it far better to put your two million pounds into a private company, uh, where you can have some control on, on, on costs, uh, and the money can actually go to develop a, a product. Um, and I think people are sort of reaching that conclusion about the lower reaches of AIM. It's just a, a dreadful investment and, and, uh, Aim needs to sort this issue out. Tom, it's been wonderful
0: hearing what you have to say, and uh, you know you don't you don't pull your punches, and that's it's it's great that you do that, and it's great to listen to. Um, we're going to close this interview. As we do so, I want you to just plug two things. Firstly, well, plug three things. Why don't you plug the Investor Show on April the thirteenth, uh, which you've already mentioned? Um, give your book uh, another plug, and also give your blog a plug.
1: Okay, Dominic, thank you for this. Uh, first up is, uh, the show. Uh, that's on April 13th in London. Uh, the speakers include, uh, 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 Nigel Ray, Mark Slater, uh, Evil Knievel, a short seller, uh, Dominic Frisbee, uh, Nigel Farage, the leader of UKIP. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and, uh, yep, He's a very funny man. And the theme is very much investments. There are about 20 speakers there and uh, about 80 companies exhibiting, maybe 2,500 people. It's being organized by ADVFN and myself. Um, but there's also uh, uh, the overriding uh, theme of of the sort of uh, financial and moral bankruptcy of of the big state that we live in. And that's something that Nigel Farage, and, and actually Nigel Ray, and, and I think you too, Dominic, feel pretty strongly about. Yeah. Uh, so you, you can get details of that event at www.ukinvestorshow.com. Secondly, the book, it's a Letters from the Chestnut Tree Cafe. Um, uh, literary people will know that that is where Winston Smith sat waiting to die after he came out of Room 101. Uh, it's a reference to life in Airstrip One in 1984. Uh, the theme of my writings over the summer was very much along those lines. It's about the financial bankruptcy of the Western states, both in here and in Greece. Not in Albania, by the way, where uh, they have a progressive, low-tax, small-state regime. And that's why their economy is the second fastest growing economy in Europe. Uh, but it's the thing, it's what's happening in Greece and Britain. Uh, 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 when the government spends too much, it not only uh, uh, bankrupts you financially, but it intrudes on every aspect of your life. Uh, and I do find that we live in an increasingly Orwellian world uh, where you get arrested for uh, 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 saying something nasty about someone on Twitter. Uh, uh, and the government, the police are very good at that. Not so good at helping you if you have your car broken into. Uh, so it's from a, a, a libertarian perspective, a look at the world we live in today. Uh, it's an ebook. book It's published by Harriman House. Five pounds. Uh, letters from the Chestnut Tree Cafe. Finally, my blog... Uh,
0: uh, Tom, let me just interrupt you. The cost is five pounds. It just momentarily cut out then and it sounded like the cost is 500 pounds.
1: <laughs> no, no, 500 pounds. Uh, feel free to pay that much if you want, but five pounds will get you the book. Uh, finally, my blog... Um, I write for about 10 financial websites now, financial and political websites. Uh, those are free-to-access websites, nearly all of them. Um, I put a link to any article which appears both in the UK and the US on my own blog, tomwiniforth.com. But as you say, I also write about uh, other things that interest me. So about half the content is non-financial, uh, be it West Ham United, Uh, uh, I annoy a lot of people by saying we should uh, uh, sack uh, Fat Sam Allardyce at the end of May and bring in Paolo Di Canio, Um, whether it's about my cats. uh, Can I just say, Tom,
0: that is the most ridiculous thing that you've said in this entire interview, that you should sack Allardyce. Look what he's done for the club.
1: Uh, He's had a vast budget. We're going to finish uh, second half of the table uh, uh, and, uh, it's not good enough. Uh, you need someone with long-term vision who can inspire the community. He's and taken
0: sp- you up to the Premiership. He's kept you up. He's got you playing respectable football and you've never played, been so organized ever. Uh,
1: uh if you've been at Reading on uh, December the 29th, uh, I haven't seen, uh, uh, a, a West Ham side play that badly. Uh, they would have struggled to beat some of the girlies' teams in the Olympics this summer. They were <laughs> awful, and that, was, that should have been uh, uh, the first line on Sam Aldice's sacking letter. Um, <laughs> I, I write about my cats. Uh, one has four legs. One, as of Christmas, has three legs. I write about politics. I write about philosophy. I write about cooking. As you say, I do own a restaurant, uh, and I'm very interested in cooking and food. Uh, I write about weight loss. Uh, I write about ogling birds. I write about whatever I feel like uh and it's great that uh, after a few years in which i've been restricted in what i can say uh i say whatever i want uh and uh it doesn't really matter uh, uh whether uh, uh it's commercial or not as it happens people seem to want to read it but uh it's fun writing it so uh that's tomwinifreth.com um and that is my free blog excellent well uh excellent stuff tom
0: and and um and uh, thank you very much for for coming on this show and we'll get you back on in a few months when your gold book's published. The website once again is tomwinifrith.com. Subscribe to the Gold Money newsletter at www.goldmoney.com to receive email updates on new articles, videos and iTunes podcasts from our gold research section.